Welcome to the Girl in the Galaxy podcast. I'm your host, Kate Heinecker, here to serve as your astrological tour guide. This podcast is here to use the ancient art of astrology to help us make sense of our lives and the world we live in. Welcome, 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 welcome everybody to the October forecast. I am here in the astrology studio with not Jordan Schammer, but a new co-host with me today. We have Mallory Hasty. Welcome to the podcast, Mal. Hey, Kate. How's it going? It's going good. I'm so excited that you're here to fill in. I'm excited too. I am kind of nervous, but kind of excited for October's astrology so I think we really have to debrief on this one I know I can't wait to get your take on it um Mal tell our listeners about yourself what you we all know you're a professional astrologer and friend obviously I'm a professional friend tarot OG (laughs) um yeah so I'm a professional astrologer and I am a tarot teacher and tarot reader as well but honestly these days my I'm primarily identifying as a highly sensitive person Mm. and I'm obsessed with this book called The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aaron and lately my business has really been focused on helping empower the highly sensitive person whether that's through astrology or tarot so that's kind of the flavor of my business and for my for your listeners I'm a Pisces sun and Pisces moon so naturally this would be the flavor of my business the highly sensitive person so <laughs> oh you just poorest little angel I know <laughs> and cancer rising I'm also a cancer rising so you're listening to a triple water sign Ooh. um yeah so it's it's rough out here but we're surviving <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast to get a little bit of that that watery flavor to the pod. Yeah. To I, get your depth of insights. I told you I was like taking a psychic walk this morning and I was just downloading some stuff. So like, um, yes. I'm excited to to get a little bit more watery with you. <laughs> yes. I'm excited because I feel like all of my astro fam friends, we all have like chart placements in common. So Jordan and I both have Leo moons and you and I both have cancer risings. So we're going to bring that extra nurturing, warm, genteel, cancer rising softness to the pod perhaps yeah. this October. Yeah. We're going to bring Bring in the mommy issues. Bring in the mommy to <laughs> That's us. So if anyone out there, if you'd like to follow along, you can download your free monthly astrological calendar using the link in the bio. It's going to have a note section and it's going to have all of the dirty details that... Um, that we are discussing on the podcast. So if anybody wants to follow along, you can do that and grab your transit calendar there. Um, And just some tips for listening to this podcast. If you're new, if you've just tuned in, we're generally going to reflect a little bit on the astrology of September. 
Then we're going to do a quick monthly overview of just the general vibes of October and how we're feeling about them. So if you've got a short attention span, you can just like end it there and call it a day. But then Mal and I are going to dive into October week by week and walk everybody through the most important astrological events that you need to know about. We're going to shed all of our cosmic wisdom about the energetic weather and how to prepare so we're going to speak in broad strokes as well so if we throw around a lot of nerdy astrological jargon just like cling to the message and you know we speak in broad strokes and broad astrology lands differently and manifests differently for everybody so just keep that in mind that this astrology will manifest differently depending on who you are and what you're going through. But in general, where the vibe that we describe really hits on both a collective level and will land personally for you in some way, shape, or form. So follow along and jot down what's memorable and take note of what resonates for you before we dive right in. Sound good, Mal? Let's do it. Let's I'm excited. Let's do it. So let's reflect a little bit on the astrology of September. September, Virgo season, we had a lot of Neptunian op- oppositions. Mal, do you have any reflections to start us off? Well, I was going to say I just told this to my, I have a, my best friend is a Virgo, and I told her, I was like, Virgo season did not feel like Virgo season right. this year, because I think all of the, the Neptunian oppositions, I was struggling to use that energy to organize and, you know, I don't know, re-clean shit and (laughs) clean out your closet and all the stuff that is good to do during Virgo season. I was not doing any of it. And there were like a few days where I felt like I was just in a pit of indecisiveness. And I think Neptune stuff can really make it hard to like know why am I making this decision? What do I decide? So I don't, it very weird Virgo season. Agreed. I felt like September didn't even happen. Yeah. I felt like it went by and I wrote in my newsletter, September is a month of transitions. You know, like I feel like October is this month where we reorient, you know, where we're literally changing direction or we are shifting in some way, shape or form or shifting, um, if, if our life is like, you know, if our life was moving in one particular direction, I feel like September was the month of learning how to move, learning how to change and adapting to different circumstances before we really redirect our energy. Like I felt like the energy of September was purposefully foggy Mm. it was a time where it was that weird virgo season energy where really really did best when we stepped back a little bit and took baby steps and focused on you know doing tiny little things that to get through that fog a a little bit if that makes sense totally and like real life example was uh in September I seriously considered purchasing my first car Mm -hmm. and for like a few days leading up to it I was like 
calm, cool, collected. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to do this. Like, you know, buying a car, like this is my first car. This is my first big purchase of my adult life. Um, and, uh, you know, got there on the day, like kind of test driving it. And it was just like, no, like, like it was like until that moment, until I got out of the car after the test drive, I was like, today's not the day. (laughs) And it was so Neptunian again, like you think you're sure, but then you get pulled back. So I love that interpretation of Mm -hmm. September being about taking the small steps and not biting off more than you can chew absolutely so now i'm gonna be i'm still not gonna buy a car until after mercury <laughs> retrograde but it's all good smart idea honestly smart move it's Isn't fine. It great as astrologers that we know this and we're and we can just kind of plan our lives and live with the rhythms that are just right in right in front of us astrologically i love that i love astrology i was um i was traveling and visiting family in the beginning of september and there wasn't a lot of like firm agendas, which I kind of enjoyed. And I was like, let's keep it like this in my, in the back of my mind. It was like, okay, we're going to go with the flow more. And I was able to kind of like let go of that need to have everything planned Yeah, because I know I was like beginning of September, Neptune, Neptune opposition. So that was, it was a really good time to just roll with the punches and it all turned out delightful. I was, you know, really pleasantly surprised but it just all went by in the blink of an eye but in general I thought it was a pretty pretty lovely lovely little vacation little reorienting family it was also happening right at the very bottom of my chart too so I was like of course I'm gonna be hanging out with family (laughs) during this time yeah love it it was great and I feel like you know September is really setting us up for a lot of these themes in October. Um, do you have any other final like reflections on September before we kind of dive into the uh, the month ahead overall vibe? No, I totally agree with you. Like in the sense of September, weird slow vibes. Weird slow vibes. It, you know, <laughs> like things were um, meant to be played out like you were playing them out just chill um calm stay calm stay cool collected don't try to get too much done don't try to initiate too much stuff Mm -hmm. and now october is going to be kind of like the justice moment of the tarot the justice card is Mm -hmm. kind of like okay what seeds did you plant and now what is going to come of those seeds so october is kind of like if you were pushing things in September and forcing things, you might have a little bit of a, a problem on your hands in October. But if you're just going with the flow, um, October is going to be a lot less painful. And I think there's going to be a lot less suffering the less you push and force. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think that in general, October, especially the beginning of October, is Libra as hell. (laughs) It is the theme of walking into this hall of mirrors. It is this idea of finding balance or rebalancing 
whatever aspect of our lives has felt skewed. But I also feel like September, we had Venus and Scorpio and Mars and Libra. And that energy of, you know, Venus in Scorpio, which I love Channing Nicholas described it as um, a goth at a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> and Mars in Libra is like a peacekeeper at a mud wrestling rally. And I was like, that's so perfect. But the energy, especially towards the end of October, is this unearthingness. It, it's this unearthing. Or I'm sorry, at the end of September. I think totally. But it's this like coming to the surface, especially around the 23rd, which just happened. It's this coming to the surface. It is seeing what we can no longer ignore is especially potent. I think at the end of September and early October, there's a lot of energy of being exposed, feeling exposed, or even especially at the very beginning of October, feeling like there's almost a little bit of an exposed nerve that continues to be hit in our interrelational dynamics. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And I've been, um, I've been thinking about Mars in Libra's sign and Venus is in sorry Mars is in Venus's sign which is Libra and Venus is in Mars's sign which is Scorpio so both Mars and Venus are not too happy in their signs yet they're kind of being forced together to do this group project it's kind of like teaching two people to juggle and they didn't want to juggle with each other in the first place (laughs) but because they're kind of um they have to hold things together these two planets it's kind of reflective of i think some of our relationship themes especially in the beginning of october there's some conflict resolution stuff that you may not want to have yeah Uh, like there there's some um reorganization and reassessing of your relationship agreements or your contracts or things at work. And again, these aren't things you're going to want to to have to do, but there's something there that's like, if we want to remain in balance, I have to juggle. Like I might have to compromise and agree to disagree. And there's a lot being reflected back at us right now. Absolutely. Everything that's being reflected back to us is meant for us to deal with. But there's also this element to the upcoming Mercury retrograde. It's the Mercury retrograde that we're heading into. We're heading into October with Mercury is going to be retrograde from September 27th to October 18th. And like you said, you know, Libra, I always think of Libra as that sign of contracts and of mutual agreements. It's that sign that likes to think win-win But more often than not, a true compromise or a true deal making requires compromise. And I forget where I heard this quote. I think it's somewhere in politics that if one side walks out happy or uh, in a negotiation, then it wasn't fair. Both sides will be pissed off if in any like regular 
negotiation because it requires compromise. So there is this light side of Libra that's like, win, win, everybody wins. Here's your consolation prize just for playing. But that's not the case. I think especially with Venus and Scorpio, this is a time where, you know, we might have to live with a little bit of disappointment with our expectations of other people. Um, but that's just a reflection of the fact that people change. Right. <clears throat> like, there's also a saying, and I'm going to mess this up, but, like, it's kind of, um, it's almost like considering, is being right more important or is being in harmony with this person more important? And I could see a lot of people getting in trouble, stomping their foot down with this Venus in Scorpio and being like, I'm fucking right. Like, I will not walk away until I get my way in this situation. But then let's say you do walk away and you do get your way because you threw a fit and someone's like, all right, you're right. You're right. You're not happy because you got the, yeah, thumbs up. You're right. But now the person that you actually love isn't happy with you. So there's definitely, I like that kind of um, being, being open to letting go of your expectations. Mm. You have to lose some to win some, even though that's a cliche. This is what we're dealing with when venus again is in mars's sign and mars is in venus's sign so (laughs) yeah there's no clear winner there's no and even if there is it doesn't feel good right it doesn't feel good to be the winner good at all yeah it is it is messy for sure but i also feel like this process throughout october completely is meant to bring us back into balance and into harmony. And it's meant to help us readjust. That's what I think about this whole Mercury retrograde period. Yeah. What are the exact dates? It's um, September 27th to October 18th. Okay. September 27th to October 18th plus the shadow period. The, too. the shadow shade began um, on the new moon in Virgo on September 6th and I don't remember when it goes exactly until but I can edit that in and it will probably be until the end of October yeah we'll we'll call it we're still going to be in the shadow during Halloween we can say November 5th yeah let's say November 5th give or take and um, I don't know how you feel about this Mercury retrograde in Libra, but I do feel like that's the star of the show in October. Yes. And Mercury in Libra speaks to me a lot about diplomacy and the way we cultivate a contract with someone. So like Venus in Libra native people might be very good at um yeah, like we might we might have a lawyer with Venus or sorry with Mercury in Libra. We might have someone who's really good at forming contracts and seeing what's fair. Even like a divorce lawyer reminds me of Venus in Libra, like someone who's organizing the divisions mm-hmm. of the assets yeah. and wants to know like okay, what is fair for you to get and what is fair for this person to get considering the circumstances. So yeah. There's a lot of rebalancing with this Mercury retrograde in Libra. And I'm wondering, did you notice that Mercury stations retrograde in a square to Pluto? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Ooh, let's. Okay. 
here's how I feel about the Mercury retrograde square to Pluto. Pluto has a habit of making big things small and making small things big, right? Mm. And Pluto is also our subconscious je ne sais quoi. Like the subconscious parts of our lives and ourselves that permeate into our experience. So Mercury retrograde station, Mercury stationing retrograde in this Pluto square, I think makes this Mercury retrograde such a potent and important time for us to consider the small things that, that compound in our lives and the small issues in a relationships, the small issues we have with other people that lead to us giving a bitchy tone or having a snide response that you're like, where did that come from? Or why is this really pissing me off about this situation, this person, this circumstance. And maybe it's like this comment that somebody made to you six months ago that you've never been able to shake, but that has totally shaped your experience about this situation. I think this Mercury retrograde is really revelatory in nature because it is revealing a lot of these subconscious animosities that we might have pent up within ourselves that we're like, oh my God, I didn't even notice that was there. Or I didn't even realize that I was acting in this certain way because of this comment that somebody made to me a couple weeks ago. So I think that it's really important with this Mercury retrograde, especially for the first half of the Mercury retrograde from about September 27th to October 8th or 9th when we get that Mercury Sun Kazemi that will hit like that that turning point in the retrograde cycle but especially for the first half of this Mercury retrograde it's so important to look underneath the surface of our relational dynamics to think about if there's something else that's driving this that's bringing up all of this animosity and to consider you know what somebody has might have said to us that we internalized or that we put away or that we swept under the rug it's coming out of the rug yeah it's what as about you what are your thoughts as you're talking I'm kind of thinking about a cavity and how mm. like you don't just go into the dentist on Tuesday and they're like, you're all good. And then you go back on Wednesday and they're like, Oh, a cavity has formed <laughs> overnight. <laughs> Cavities take, you know, years to form. Into and decay, yeah. there's something about like the, it's like an impounded bad habit, <laughs> like a little thing that happens. Like I don't brush my teeth, like before I go to bed or like once a week. And then that, compounds for whatever years and then finally you have a cavity right yeah. so there is something like that when we have mercury pluto square like uh it's like what is the energy that's been compounded over time yeah and now you really are going into the dentist and they're like all right motherfucker like you have a cavity <laughs> like you got uh, yeah, a mouthful uh, yeah. of decay <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't ignore this anymore um 
And the other thing I'm thinking of, because Mercury is the planet of communication and Pluto can be the planet of fear and trauma, Mm. I'm getting a lot about um, intuitively about projections. And it's like, okay, are we um, like, am I really talking to my partner right now or am I talking to my daddy issues? Am I talking to my friend right now or am I talking to my mom right now like who who are you uh, what is this person bringing up in you and are they a mirror to actually something that wants to be examined inside of you because odds are I don't think anybody's actually trying to mess with you or attack you or make you feel bad um it might just be a little bit of that mercury Pluto thing where psychologically your fears just get triggered it's it's a trigger it's a trigger kind of uh transit I think (laughs) I agree completely um and this will happen three times you know I think the hold on let me I wrote down the dates of the exact the exact squares for Pluto and Mercury are 922 um, 9, 10, and 11, 1. So end of September, beginning of October, and beginning of November. Um, just for anyone out there who's like, oh, wow, that really resonates with me. And it's going to be a process of unearthing these deep feelings and these deep triggers the entire time. Um, I also get this feeling because Mars is also in Libra, which we'll talk about. Mars and Libra, for me, during the, all of this dynamic through this Mercury retrograde, with Mars in Libra as well, something that I've been ruminating on is the fact that this is going to, the energy of this month is going to really highlight being nice versus being kind. Mm. And it's a really important month to reflect on the fact that being nice is not always kind. And sometimes being kind doesn't feel good. And that might be a serious consideration for the entire month of October. Yeah. I get with Mars and Libra, I get this no more Mr. Nice Guy type of vibe. (laughs) That's like a very firm, like, hell no, thank you. It's like, hell no, thank you. (laughs) Or like, it's this insertion of your personal boundaries in the opposition of in the with the temptation of wanting to be overly nice or overly conciliatory yeah i think the especially with and we'll talk about when mars squares pluto this month too but especially with Mm, that um approaching mars square to pluto um i believe it happens around the full moon like that's pretty much the universe saying like if you're people pleasing like you're gonna have to have a blow up like there's like there's a temper tantrum brewing like yes. and it might not be anybody's fault but your own like mm-hmm. because you keep seeing saying yes or keep trying to people please people when you don't really mean it from a place of alignment so yeah. just be mindful that there's there's something brewing there in the background <laughs> exactly let's dive into week one let's because I think the the first two weekends ish of of the astrology are like, damn, 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 damn. <laughs> so 
October 1st, Mercury square Pluto, but Mars will also be opposite Chiron. Now we talked a little bit about Mercury square Pluto and how that energy is really going to bring up, you know, all of the themes that we just mentioned. Do you have any thoughts on the fact that Mars will also be opposite on Chiron that same day that Mercury is square Pluto, the first of the month? Wow. Yeah. How that energy, like what a start to the month, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I would be careful with overexerting yourself exercise wise at mm. the beginning of the month. Yeah. Like if you have the tendency to get stressed out and just want to like take a run or, um, you know, have some kind of physical release, definitely do that. Just be careful about overdoing it because there's something about Mercury square Pluto and Mars opposing Chiron. It's a little bit like injury kind of thing to me. Like we're pulling a, we're pulling a hammy because like your boss pissed you off and now you're like angry, like lifting weights in the gym Mm -hmm. and like you're pulling something. So that's, that's on a realistic kind of note. That's what I'll say. But in a more metaphorical way, Mars um, opposing Chiron and Aries. What is Chiron and Aries all about? Chiron and Aries is about our wounds around our identity. Um, so the fact that Mars is in Leo, it's like how are these identity wounds being brought into the Mars and Libra? Mars, yeah, in relationships. Yeah. So um, there's something here about like. Chiron and Aries really showing its true story, if yeah. that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I feel like that all that's I love that advice. It's like don't go too hard at the gym. <laughs> that's like the perfect <laughs> perfect way to For put it. For all the brosifs listening, don't go too hard at the gym. <laughs> don't I you know what? I actually have Mars conjunct Chiron on myself node in cancer natally, and I am so prone injuries when I work out like always have been like even since I was in high school like I remember I was captain of my lacrosse team senior year and I pulled my groin really bad and I was like benched for like half of this season because of it or I remember a couple you know years ago I tried to start jogging and running again and I really hurt my foot like there's always something going on. So that's spot on right there with that, the, yeah. that Mars and Chiron being gentle with your body is really important. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Another thing that I really think like with, especially this first day of October, it's tenderizing. You know, we always say Chiron is this, a- this asteroid or this dwarf planet in astrology that, archetypally represents the wounded healer um so it has a lot to do with those with those ideas of healing and how we come back into wholeness how we put together these disparate broken parts of ourselves to reclaim our wholeness but in doing that you know a lot of old shit comes up a lot of things that we think we have healed tend to resurface so I think it's important to remember especially the first day of October that healing is not linear you know and that's okay and part of the whole month and the whole energy of October has a lot to do with coming back to ourselves and who we are 
Um, because when I think of that Mercury in Libra square to Pluto in Capricorn, you know, Libra and Pluto both are the, or I'm sorry, Libra and Capricorn are the two interpersonal um, cardinal signs, the two cardinal signs that are above the horizon. So they have to do with other people's expectations of us. And what do we do as individuals to fit into groups? What do we do as individuals to fit into society? And maybe the month of October is learning how to buck that a little bit or maybe even accept that a little bit. But I think with this Chiron action here in the beginning of September, it's really important to come back to yourself and say, how have I been changing? And does this relationship, does this job, does this group that I'm, that I'm part of that I'm trying to fit into, does this even align with me anymore? Mm. And allowing yourself to kind of change a little bit. Which can be a little painful. Chiron's fucking painful sometimes. Yeah. Like this is like your most vulnerable parts kind yeah. of coming up. And even the topic, maybe soft trigger warning here um, for yeah. um, like sexual wounds. But mm-hmm. I do think that yeah. this month, especially with Mercury in retrograde square to Pluto, Mars opposing Chiron, Venus and Mars in that mutual reception. Mm -hmm. I think there is uh, maybe the opportunity to maybe uh, do some kind of sexual liberation or sexual healing. Uh, But again, that kind of thing takes a lot of vulnerability and the willingness to uh, let shame or guilt or um, let something that's been kept in the dark or kept secret kind of come out and be let into the light so there's something very powerful about this month but also make sure you have support like if you feel like something as deep as like sexual healing is kind of coming up make sure you're not doing that with someone who's doesn't feel safe like make sure your partner feels safe to talk about that with make sure you have support um you know that's that's my advice especially seeing mercury then going on to the trine with jupiter on october 3rd yes that's exciting because the fact that mercury squares pluto but then trines jupiter like that's telling us no this healing is worth it this vulnerability is worth it it hurts at first it's like when you first start going to therapy and you're like wow i feel like shit (laughs) like i thought this was supposed to make me feel better i feel like garbage and like then that mercury jupiter comes in it's like okay no but i can see even though this is difficult i can see that over a long period of time it will benefit me absolutely and i also feel like that sentiment is echoed in venus moving from scorpio to um, sagittarius but i don't want to skip too far too far yet totally but um i think that energy of like the pain and the healing and the realization it is worth something perfectly said Mal I completely agree and on that same day that Mercury on that Sunday the third um Mercury is trying Jupiter like you said so it is worth something there is an optimistic tone there but the sun is also opposite Chiron that day too which I think 
brings even more of an opportunity for self-reflection and seeing any old wounds that we haven't tended to about ourselves. And I think that it's really important again during this time to foster connections and to be surrounded by people who do support you and who feel like a, like a cozy or cancer, right? My cancer, cancer rising are taking uh, over yeah, a, co- <laughs> a co- fine friendships that feel like a cozy, warm blanket to you that can help swaddle you. <laughs> totally. And you know, sun Chiron stuff that yeah. gives me the vibe of like, you know, your wounds, um, you know, can help heal others. Exactly. So now that you're embarking on your journey of healing, uh, maybe you run into someone who needs you, your help somehow. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a story that comes to mind, like this is a hypothetical story I'm making up, but let's say like something about the last couple of months has led you to go to weekly AA meetings or something like that. And someone opens up to you and says, Hey, like I have, I feel like I have a problem. Like, what would you do? And you can say, Oh yeah. Hey buddy, come to an AA meeting with me. Like that's very sun Chiron. Like I'm holding your hand and I'm not perfect, but let's go and work on this thing together. Um, and not to take it to such an extreme, yeah. but I, I don't know. Sometimes Chiron can be extreme. When <laughs> I, it's true. And the quote that always comes to my mind when I think of Chiron stuff is that the wound is where the light enters. Yes. Always. Yes. Always. And it's always these, these deep places of ourselves that require healing and nurturing and tending to that actually turn out to be some of the biggest gifts in life. Um, although they feel extremely unpleasant at the time. And I think that, you know, with Chiron, I always get that. I, this, the imagery of like Chiron shows us, you know, where venom has been injected into us from a past life. And the Chiron process is sucking that venom out and, and how we turn that into medicine for other people too so i love the i love that aa meeting too i that's that's a perfect metaphor i think for what the energy calls us to do as well totally totally um and then libra new moon libra new moon which is exactly conjunct mars on wednesday october 10th yeah that's spicy yeah that's a spicy meatball i feel like the way i try to like love and light mars is like ooh, this could be sexy <laughs> like yeah <laughs> like it could be explosive or it could be sexy like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i don't know <laughs> i love it yeah i think that oof, both of the lunations in october like we were just chatting about before the show are marsy as hell yeah like you know when you go to like a thai restaurant and they're like do you want mild medium hot or thai hot <laughs> Like both, both <laughs> these moons are tie hot. Like, they are. They really are. And that's the perfect way because Mars <laughs> is so heating in its very nature. It is uh, hot and dry. It's hot as hell and dry as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's Mars. Um, and God, wait. Do you have any thoughts on this on this new moon? Other, uh, like, I mean, that is. 
they are tie hot well the tie hot yeah tie hot (laughs) libra new moon on the sixth i don't know if this is my favorite energy for the whole cliche new moon planting seeds i'm not you know sometimes i feel that sometimes i don't I'm not going to suggest you plant seeds on this day, especially with Mercury in retrograde. Um, But it is a good day to maybe confront something that needs confrontation. And also the idea of resentment comes to mind. Like what have you been resenting? And, you know, resentment is a byproduct of poor boundaries and doing things out of obligation. So it might be a good time to really assess who I've who I who am I resentful of um, and why is that? Oh, maybe I'm resentful of this friend because I don't even want to hang out with them. And like maybe I just need to address that. Um, Like that's something uh, about Mars that in Libra that comes to me resentment as a teacher. And I I completely agree with that. And I also think that because Venus will still be in the sign of Scorpio that does drudge up a lot of resentments and that does drudge up a lot of uncomfortable, intense feelings, just deeply intense feelings. And another thing that I noted about this new moon Normally, I don't care about quincunx aspects as much, but when they're they are exact, I do like to pay attention to them. I do too. And Uranus is exactly quincunx this new moon, so mm. I get a lot of unexpected realizations of our blind spots. Mm. So when I think of that quincun that quincunx energy in general, it has to do with the things that we just literally can't see because that aspect like they have nothing in common with each other. So it has a lot to do with seeing something that literally we have never, we didn't expect that. We didn't see that coming energy. I agree. This is not the new moon for initiating, for starting and for really birthing something because there's a lot of unexpected energy. It is, it is super, super spicy And there's a natural, a bit of tension in the air. If I think about, when I think about the energy of this new moon, it is a very important time, I do think, to turn inward and to get back in touch with yourself. And although there's a lot of elements of partnership and of being with the other, for this new moon... I feel really strongly that being with yourself and doing something for yourself, with yourself, getting back in touch with yourself is really critical and fundamental for both the new and full moon this month. But I think that the tendency, the energetic propensity for a lot of the energy in October is to see things outside of yourself and to see things outside of yourself. But in the darkness of this new moon, I think it's such an important reflective moment to come back to yourself and to really ask the critical questions like how much of this is my choice? How much agency do I have in this 
relationship? How much agency do I have in my own life? And how can I harness my own goddamn agency Mm. at this moment in time to move forward? Because if I don't, then I'll just keep on brewing the same pot of resentment. I'll keep on sitting and stewing in the same energy that I have been for years. But how can I reclaim my own autonomy in my life? Period is really the vibe I get from this new moon. Totally. It's so funny you said that because literally in the car on the way here, I was like I was hearing something from spirit about like there's an equal and opposite reaction to relationship healing Mm. and like let's say if we could put it in like a quantitative form which doesn't really make sense but just go with me here like if we do one hour of relationship healing (laughs) there needs to be an equal and opposite reaction for you to do one hour of by yourself recalibration time and that was the sense that spirit was giving me so I think this new moon is like a great thing to go on a solo date after you have couples therapy or like I don't know like that's a extreme example I love that you know have a serious conversation with your partner or work through something but then go for a solo hike and reconnect with yourself this isn't about completely like uh, getting enmeshed into yes. the relationship dynamics that you can so easily get enmeshed into mm. this month. Um, yeah. yeah. This is like the anti-enmeshment month. <laughs> this is like the rude. My therapist is going to love this for me. across the <laughs> yeah. The all a- your Pisces. The <laughs> anti-enmeshment <laughs> new moon. Great. Love it. <laughs> the anti-enmeshment new moon. <laughs> we all needed this. And then right after this new moon, right after, oh, anything else to say on this Well, Pluto moon? also stations direct yes. on this new moon, which is juicy. I think this has something to do with like a greater, the greater collective scheme. I agree. What resentment has build it, been building in the collective mm-hmm. doesn't take, you know, you could, you could feel the resentment building with right. the uh, vaccine, mm-hmm. um, you know, tensions. Yes. And I feel like there might even be a strike coming with like nurses and healthcare workers. Yes. And I'm thinking Pluto uh, stationing direct is, has something to do with the collective resentment that has been building over the past two years. I agree. And I think that this, with all of the Libra energy that's happening in our experience right now, it's going to look a lot like how, you can't ignore the fact anymore that your decisions have an impact on other people. Mm. Like you cannot, you do not, although everybody has free choice and they have autonomy with their own bodies, that Aries autonomy, your decisions affect other people, whether you like it or not. Yes. So I think that energy has been brewing with the, you know, pro-vax, anti-vax arguments at the end of the day, your Actions affect others. Totally. I think that's the Mars and Libra thing. So Jordan and I have actually been tracking um, all year how incredible Mars, how incredibly Mars has tracked with um, just collective, collective everything, but also specifically COVID stuff. Like right when Mars moved into Taurus uh, um, in January, 
tourists being so slow, everybody was like, oh, it's going to take 10 years to vaccinate the entire population, Mars and tourists. Yeah. Then Mars and Gemini, everyone got vaccinated and everyone was like, well, we can go out and play with each other and party again. And then Mars moved into Cancer and it was kind of like, you know, in detriment. So it was like a little, um, a little weary. COVID kind of started to spread again a little bit, but we were still in like Pi- Jupiter and Pisces mode. <laughs> but, and then after Jupiter and Cancer, it moved into, you know, Mars and Leo. So it was like hot girl summering. Right. But it met with a Mars opposition where there was like, it was Saturn opposition. So there was like another huge booming spread of the virus mars and virgo booster shots came out yeah and now mars and leo or mars and libra it's really a time to critically examine how our choices how our independent actions affect other people and realize like we're not on an island right and i don't know i don't feel very good about the medane astrology but I- We'll see here. I think it's just we got to buckle up until 2023, to be quite frank. So I agree. (laughs) So, you know, it just you just have to flow. And um, I was taught by my first astrology teacher that Mars is like a catalyst. Mm. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense that Mars is kind of like the catalyst behind the different chapters of the vaccine saga, if you will. Absolutely. Um, But I'm kind of excited because on you have here on October 7th. Venus moves into Sagittarius. Yes. So this is like the light of October, I think. I completely agree. Venus moves into Sagittarius, thank goodness, before this weekend or before the weekend, that Thursday. Um, Venus moves into Sagittarius, giving us a lightness and an optimistic tone to our experience. What are your thoughts on Venus and Sag, Mel? Yeah. Go at it. I think it'll be good because Venus Venus will be in Jupiter's sign and Jupiter will be stationing direct this month in October around week three of October. Mm -hmm. So I think once Jupiter stations direct Venus in Sagittarius is going to be this optimistic push to finish the year. Um, Hopefully we're a little bit wiser not to finish the year like we did in 2020 where we were like, Oh, you know, no one can see their family. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like in 2020, we're like, oh, January 1st, like 2021, everything's going to be done. And, you know, we had a little bit more of an illusionary mm. kind of optimism. But I think Venus and Sagittarius, is there a wise optimism that you can have that's not based in illusions or fantasies, but can you find optimism in the reality of the situation? That's kind of what comes to me. I also, I love that. I agree with that. I'm really looking forward to Venus moving into Sagittarius because I also feel like it really echoes that Mercury Jupiter trime. Mm. Um, The energy of Venus moving into Sagittarius feels that this especially I think it's going to feel this weekend Venus moves into Sagittarius on the 7th and I think the 8th and the 9th is going to be a time where we understand how to integrate the hard lessons that we've been learning because Venus in Scorpio 
the last half of September and the first of October really brought us to new emotional depths Mm. and it really echoed the energy of you can't sweep this under the rug anymore Uh, we have to look at what we have been avoiding so with venus moving into sagittarius it's like okay i have all of this hard-earned information that i've that i've had to look at through these intense moments but now I understand and that's like that Sagittarius element of understanding what it was all for what it was all worth and it gives us a little more lightness and tone but also I just think it brings us to a point of knowing and of getting it and of figuring it out And I'm really happy that this energy happens before the weekend because that weekend of the 8th and 9th of October is fucking wild. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is some really, really hefty astrology. So everybody mark in your calendar October 8th and 9th and just be aware and just be conscious that this is a highly charged weekend totally totally and you know um should we the the logistics of the eighth and the ninth are that this mars will conjunct the sun and then mercury is going to conjunct that sun so we kind of have like a triple kazemi thing going on with sun mercury and mars And then Venus is going to conjunct the south node on the ninth as well. So this is like, again, another Thai hot kind of day, um, kind of weekend. Very Thai hot. I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how this unfolds. I would say for sure, if you can mark in your own natal chart, the house Mm. that Libra is, is for you for us and for other cancer risings it's our fourth house so i'm like hmm okay fourth house family home real estate uh now we have this triple conjunction sun mercury mars in that area what's coming to a head in that area like what just needs to be changed and what needs to be confronted again this is a moment of confrontation but also mars stuff sometimes brings up willpower Mm. and where is it appropriate to use your willpower and where are you being an asshole when you use your (laughs) willpower um so i think like it's interesting to think like am I harnessing my power my agency my autonomy in a way that it makes sense or am I trying to bulldoze everybody around me you know to get my way (laughs) right absolutely I feel like it also feels like what do you do when there is no middle ground? Mm. It's kind of how I feel with this. Mars and the sun both don't like being in the sign of Libra. This is an uncomfortable, energetic conglomeration. You know, this isn't, this isn't pleasant. This isn't nice. This, 
But it is, again, because Venus is in Sagittarius, it is revealing. It is a moment that gives us information that we need to know. And I always yeah. think of the that this midway point when the sun and Mercury come together, that marks the halfway point of the Mercury retrograde. And when any planet m- comes in contact with the sun, we get that burning off effect that helps bring us a little bit of clarity. And with this, we do get a little bit of clarity, but there's something about it that makes us feel like it is just really hard to find any type of middle ground with that clarity. It's like, it's karmic clarity. It is karmic clarity. Because like the the South Node is involved and when the South Node is involved, there's karma. And I don't don't abide by the definition of like karma is a bitch. I think that's a misunderstanding of what karma is. But karma is really just energy that we accumulate from our choices. And um, yeah, there's there's karmic clarity here on these days of like how our choices have added up. Um, and if you can hear the uh, <laughs> the construction city, in the background, sounds. I feel like that's kind of a sign <laughs> of like what this day city is. Sounds. Yeah, city sounds. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely check out the Libra house in your birth chart. Put a star by it yes. and ask yourself, how could conflict or karmic clarity arise in this area of my chart and it's not about avoiding it it's about going into it in a um in a way that makes sense you know and i think that the south node because venus is going to be on the south node in sagittarius it's going to bring up on a mundane astrology on a collective astrology level probably a lot of themes around fake news And these media Mm. diets that we're on and how these media diets have been incredibly divisive and how it is so hard sometimes to to see another side or to agree to disagree with this astrology this weekend. I get very strong. We have to agree to disagree. And can we learn how to coexist with our disagreements like I don't know I don't know how that will play out on a collective or personal individual level but this really is a clash of belief systems you know this is a clash of propaganda you Mm. know it's like what's your propaganda this is my propaganda because we all subscribe to propaganda on a certain level And I think this is really going to highlight and reveal a lot of fundamental disagreements and how we can try to find balance back to ourselves or how we can try to put a little bit of smile on like when we want to be civil or when we just can't anymore. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, I think it's kind of nice, like even looking into like the week of October 11th, like Mm. I almost see that as a recovery week from what happened over the weekend. So it's like 
maybe big big drama eighth ninth and tenth and then we get to the week of the 11th and it's like okay we get kind of a week where we we have to recover from whatever came up in that moment (laughs) i completely agree i was looking at that week and i was like thank god we have a a lovely thank goddess we have a lovely break after all of that energy um and Honestly, that week of the 10th, we get some pretty nice astrology. There's a Venus sextile Saturn on the 13th, which is nice. Sun trine Jupiter on the 15th, which is nice. That weekend, that Saturday, we get Venus trine Chiron, which I think will help integrate our healing. And Venus sextile Mercury, which I think will lead to pleasant bonds and communication. Then that's Sunday. <laughs> then we arrive to Sunday. Then we get to Sunday. <laughs> Sunday the 17th. Of right. We have the sun square Pluto. Uh, sun square Pluto. That's Sunday the 17th. Yeah. Can I just say that the people that I know, like my clients and friends who have sun square Pluto, they are like, they just, they work so hard and sometimes they don't know when to stop mm. and they're capable of accomplishing really great things but it's almost like they forget that every vehicle does not have an infinite amount of gas or like mm. power to keep it going and sometimes we run ourselves as though we are um a tesla that doesn't need to be charged it's like elon musk tesla and his special tesla that i don't i'm making this up but like that is like this alien car that doesn't even need electricity and like we can't run ourselves like that so i think this sun square pluto is reminding us again there's physical recovery because there is something physical about this month and this month could be physically exhausting if you let it be so with this sun square pluto i could see just this being a really good moment to rest except that you don't have this alien tesla that (laughs) of a body that runs without any gas and you need to rest on this sunday i think yeah well said perfect advice Let's move on to that Monday. Yeah. Okay. Because this is this is what what the crowd really wants, which is like, when does Mercury go? Direct? This is what the crowd really wants. <laughs> Give the fans what they want. <laughs> I fucking love this Mercury direct station. Mm. Oh, d- does Jupiter station direct Mercury on the same day? Mercury direct on the same day. Jupiter stations direct on the same day, and they will be trining each other chef's kiss universe chef's kiss (laughs) thank you thank you it's like we get a push down a steep slide it's like here you go and we are just we are we are in motion again very almost like maybe abruptly yeah coming off that that rest of a Sunday, that Monday, this first week really starts with a pretty big bang. What are your thoughts on that? That's actually on that Mercury direct station. You know, that is a really good metaphor. Like I'm om- almost imagining um, like a horse, like sea biscuit, like a mm-hmm. horse and the jockey, like being held back from the little cage. I don't even know what it's called. And then like the, the, the race 
siren goes off and then they're just let out of the fence or i'm not yeah. i'm not big on um yeah, i don't know sports i'm not big on <laughs> horse sports um but you i think the listeners are picking up what, what i'm putting down yeah so like the horse and the jockey comes out of the gate so i think that's where um we kind of have to be a little bit careful we're so excited that mercury's direct we're so excited that jupiter's direct jupiter's trining mars but don't run too fast because you might just slip on a banana peel, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. You might slip on a banana peel right <laughs> out the gate. <laughs> yeah. I love the analogy of the horse on the gate that, that week. It's true. Yeah. There's yeah. so much forward motion. I mean, we're still going to be revisiting um, themes that have been prevalent since, you know, the middle, the beginning of September. Um, because Mercury is still going to be a little shady, but I am looking forward to that Mars trine Jupiter. Me too. I, I have say. I have natal Mars trine Jupiter, so this will be nice for me. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about you all, but <laughs> I, but I will enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy this <laughs> Mars trine Jupiter. <laughs> and I also feel like this at this point in the month, Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter have all now gone direct. So a lot of these outer planets are are direct now. And if there's anything about outer planets going retrograde and direct, I think that it really... I don't pay that much close attention to them, but when I do, it usually has some implication on mundane astrology. Um, and it usually represents when the collective angst or the collective energy heightens or is more active, especially when all of the, like if you ever get to the point where like all the outer planets are direct, it's like manifest now something's coming through. Yeah. But I do think that 2021 in general, it's just been a rough year. And I think that a lot of folks, myself included, just need like a little breathing room, need a little break from all of the shit that's been going on in our collective society without like just and our politics in general. And it's just been getting weird in 2021. Mm. But I feel like with all these outer planets moving forward, it might get a little weird again. Yeah, it's going to get a little weirder, uh, I think, especially in um november and and, you know i felt like at least in like our country i felt like we've been politically procrastinating yes is that a good way of putting it i love that we're politically procrastinating on making some really important moves not only about covid but just about i think certain um like international relations and um you know, harmony between our country and other countries and like uh, helping people that need to be helped. And it's just, um, there's something with those planets going direct. Hopefully we'll see some more political motion. Um, that's hopefully for the best, but I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll just, yeah, I'm not terribly optimistic. I'm not terribly optimistic. Retrograde coming up and December. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I think, uh, once we get to the Aries full moon on Wednesday, mm. the 20th. I love it. that one. Uh, do, you, do you love it? <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that. I'm like, I love an Aries full moon. But then I'm like, eh, actually, this year and last year, Wait the Aries full moon has been crazy. Mar- Mars square Pluto on that Aries full <laughs> I know, moon. I know, right? Um, 
never mind. No. I normally do like an Aries lunation, but this one is. I'm trying to like make sense of this. Um, well, I don't know. I think Mars square Pluto. We have we have the two um, we have the two planets of war kind of coming to uh, talk to each other during this Aries full moon. So I don't know. Take the day off work on Wednesday. What right. do you think? Wednesday the twentieth. Wednesday the twentieth. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, we don't have to hide from the astrology. Well. But. <laughs> Do you remember last year on the Aries full moon is when Trump got COVID? Yeah. Oh my God. And that's it was so like funny. exactly conjunct Chiron. Yeah. The healer. <laughs> oh my God. And then and you get that like, experimental treatment. You make yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like literally these Aries full moons the past. I mean, these Aries full moons have been a trip. Um, but I think that for, th- for this, because the new and the full moon, in October are really Marsy. I think that the, just the feeling that I get from this Aries full moon again, it's not the best for ritual work. Neither of the moons this month. are. That's actually really good advice. Like take the, take a break. If you're witchy, like I'm not telling you to how to practice your magic, but really like it's okay if you want a month off where you're not going to do rituals or if you do have some sort of new moon full moon gathering where you just gather and have a cathartic conversation with your witchy friends or your astrologer friends that seems like the safest ritual quote-unquote like actual magic and letting go and burning manifestations and all of that shit I don't I don't love it for either of these lunations. Yeah, me, yeah. me's neither. Um, but the thing that kind of stands out to me for this full moon is that it really is another opportunity to... It's a moment of self-realization. Mm. And I think that it requires us to integrate and express how we've learned healthy self-assertion over the past month. Because that has been a lot of the lesson around Mars and Libra. Mars conjunct the sun and Mercury. A lot of the energy of October is here to help us learn how to assert ourselves. Again, like you were saying, not in in the asshole way, but in a way that feels like it is aligned with your own sense of integrity yeah yeah i like that like with the full moon in aries and then the weekend energy with mars square pluto i would say that the universe is putting us to a test quite quickly yes like the universe is like all right, Mercury's direct and uh, Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto are also direct now. And like, what did you learn during Mercury retrograde? And here's a pop quiz. And can you assert yourself in the way you want to be asserting yourself this weekend? Um, and I think Mars Pluto aspects where we have to be careful is extremism. So yes. again, I can't I can't say this enough. This is really coming through. So 
athletes out there like don't (laughs) injure yourself this month like take it easy like maybe do some like uh not that you can't injure yourself in yoga but maybe do like more stretching than you normally would or don't push yourself don't sign up for a marathon the night before and with no training like you know mars mars pluto is extremism a lot of the time Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. That that's very true. And you know, Aries, we do get that sense of physicality and how our body is impacted through our lives, but also through our emotional world and how our energy manifests in our vitality. Yeah. You know, I feel like that is very Aries has a lot to do with also physical health, but like vitality, just like how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? I it, like that. You know, that is that is your vitality and your vital energy, which frankly has been run down over the past, you know, month or two because the sun hasn't been doing great. Mars hasn't been doing great. And frankly, even in September with the Neptune Mars oppositions, you know, sleep patterns have been super interrupted. Mm. So I think that getting in touch with and reading how your physical vitality speaks to your larger state of well-being is super important to just kind of dovetail on what you were saying. Totally, totally. Um, and yeah, how do you feel about once we get to the end of the month, spooky season? Spooky season. Spooky season, a.k.a. Scorpio season. Right? Well, yeah. on the 22nd. Right before spooky season, Mars squares Pluto. Right, right. Which, I mean, I, 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 it's the pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker. It's a pressure cooker. And I think that towards the end of the month, with this Aries full moon, it's like we're realizing how to release our, our energy in healthy ways. And in maybe it's not always productive, but how to release and express anger and frustration in ways that are the least harmful, Mm. you know, and how do we not, how do we learn how to channel our energy so we don't pop off? So we don't run ourselves out. So we don't physically hurt ourselves like what you were saying. And how do we use our vital energy and, or almost like, move it around a little bit so it doesn't explode is is how i feel we need to head into scorpio season because scorpio season is like skeletons are coming out of the closet vibe (laughs) i get for scorpio season okay i like it like it's like you know in scorpio season in the tarot is represented by the death card Mm. so in the death card is about the release of our old identity and i think that what's interesting is this whole month of a lot of the marsh martian venus drama Mm -hmm. the two tie hot full moon new moon stuff um like by the time we get to scorpio season I, I can see how that death card in the tarot is here. Like we're, we've almost been through a lot. We've realized our limits and we've pushed past those limits and we've yes. challenged ourselves to grow. Hopefully we've become better communicators. Mm-hmm. We now know a little bit more about how to distribute our energy more wisely. 
And um, that can all lead to a death moment where we're like, okay, like I, I don't want to be that same people pleaser that I always mm-hmm. was, or I want to be more assertive and in control of my own life yeah. and stop waiting for people to tell me yes and just yeah. tell myself yes, you know? So that's, yes. that's what I get for like the beginning of Scorpio season. Um, I lo- yeah. I love that. He just took us to church. <laughs> just took us to witch church. Just took you to witch church. Just took yes. us to witch church. <laughs> I, th- this Scorpio season is a larger conversation for the November podcast, but it's going to, the sun will be opposite Uranus and Mars will eventually be opposite Uranus as well. So they're in squaring Saturn. So I just get the feel like this, this Scorpio season is also uncomfortable and Mm. it is also an important time to let go of a lot of expectations. City sounds. Um, City sounds are spirit sounds. Like city sounds are spirit sounds. It's like, yes, you are on the right track. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that. Um, yeah, for y'all, we're we're recording in my astrologist studio, and we get sounds from the streets sometimes in Chicago. <laughs> it's just how it is. Spirit sounds, though. That's <laughs> so true, Mel. Um, yeah, this Scorpio season, though, it is a lot of energetic. It demands energetic release. When I think of Scorpio, I think of these two sides of Scorpio. One is the Scorpio that is obsessed with change and Mm. obsessed with shedding their skin and obsessed with constantly becoming something new. Like my grandpa, my grandparents actually have really, really strong Scorpio placements. um, And both of them could never live in a house for longer than like five to 10 years. Mm. They could never stay in the same place. They were constantly moving, constantly redecorating, constantly getting new things. But then... Which is like so the opposite of Taurus. Right? Which is so the opposite of Taurus. It's the constant process of letting go, which I actually think is like that exalted version of Scorpio. And then there's the darker side of Scorpio, which is hoarding and holding on to things. And I know plenty of Scorpios as well who will not move who refuse to change and these are and with these oppositions to uranus i think that when we're able to embody that element of scorpio that is that snake that is constantly shedding its skin as opposed to that um clinging to holding on to possessive mentality that scorpio also can usher in i think that Learning how to embody that that change and transformation is so critical for this Scorpio season. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I feel like by the time we get to the fourth week of October, what are yeah. your highlights for that last week as we kind of get yeah, a feel for yeah, Scorpio yeah. season? The, the Halloween 20, week. The Halloween week. Yeah, what are your twenty fifth to the thirty first Yeah. For thirty first. The final week of October. I think that the Venus for the brief for the beginning of the week during that Venus square Neptune, 
it will bring a bit of disillusionment to the to our experience um but i also do kind of like that mars and scorpio change at the end of the week i think that in general it's a it's a it's a nice astrological week we might get a little bit of disillusionment but towards the end of the week i don't know i actually really like mars and scorpio transit to end the month i'm looking forward for mars to looking forward to mars getting out of libra and i think that the end of october is going to usher in a lot of new themes for the rest of 2021 which has to do with transformation and how this entire year has been changing us like the one of the major themes about 2021 has been uncomfortable change which I talked about a lot in the beginning of the year because of the Saturn Uranus square and I think that November and December are going to be a very intense finale for Mm. for 2021 and I think that towards the end of October we're going to start to feel that we're going to start to get that taste of how we're being required to change this year and how uncomfortable that can feel and how there is no normal anymore and how everybody is being thrown into a new reality. And I think that that's what the last week of October is really going to start ushering in a lot of this like final the final show, the final act, I suppose, of 2021 of how have you been willing to change and how have you been willing to shift your perception and shift your life with these changing, unpredictable times that we're living in. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes so much sense. And I think granted, you know, yeah, we're going to feel this Mars shift because Mars is shifting from Libra one of their least favorite signs to function in and shifting into Scorpio, which is one of their favorite signs to function in. So Mars is getting a lot stronger, like overnight, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of seeing this as um, like uh, we see the challenge, but the challenge is okay. And I think that great things can be accomplished during darker times. Mm. And I think that um, Mars and Scorpio really helps us see out our goals and stay stay kind of dedicated. There's a dedication to Mars and Scorpio, kind Mm. of like a warrior is dedicated to their cause um it's not like a student kind of dedication to their studies but it's like a warrior who's dedicated to their defending their land it's like a heart-centered um dedication so i think there's something good about mars and scorpio having us reconnect to our passion and mastery too so mars and scorpio and, and you know what i find is like if you are in alignment with your passion and you're talking to spirit you know and you're you're kind of going with what spirit is asking you to do in a lot of ways I think things just open for you even if there are hard times uh, kind of 
revolving around you and you're even maybe going through a hard time yourself, even then, even if you, you can still be in alignment and be having a hard time at the same time. Does that mm-hmm. sound kind of weird or does yeah, that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. I also feel like with Mars and Libra for with Mars just hitting us in Libra for most of the month, like having this shift into Scorpio on it, where it's felt like our attention has been pulled in multiple directions and there's been a call to weigh our options. Mm. And with Mars and Scorpio, there's so much more assurance and so much more decision-making ability. So if anybody out there has been, you know, faced with this, with the dilemma of what do I do? What's the next move? How do I reorient myself? Trust and know that by the end of October, by the 18th, but really by the 30th, the end of the month. Halloween time. Yeah. There there should be some clarity. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, you know, you're making me realize I'm like, I think the car that I want to buy, I think it's a Mars (laughs) and Scorpio. I'm like that. It's a Mars and Scorpio decision. I can feel it. Like I'm like, okay, Mars and Scorpio is actually going to give me the gumption and the grit to like make this move that I've been needing to make for a long time and I'm just going to do it. So I think that could be a Mars and Scorpio thing. Absolutely. But then the Mars and Scorpio thing is like, okay, I know what I want now, but I'm going to do this like incredibly thorough investigative research (laughs) into it and read like every consumer report and do all like talk to people and like figure everything out and get all of the details down. Yes. And make the most incredible decision (laughs) that I could. Given the circumstances, because Mars and Scorpio has no chill. It's just like so intense and deeply good at what it does. Like I love my (laughs) Mars and Scorpio clients because they always have some type of like. It's like the ulterior getting so good. They're so good at what they do. Yes. Um, And it's so funny to think, too, like I like that phrase, an incredibly aligned decision, (laughs) because we actually haven't been able to make an incredibly aligned decision for like a good two months because we had all the Neptunian shit in September. Then we had Mercury retrograde for most of October. So by the end of October, when Mercury's in Scorpio, it's like, I'm fucking ready to make a decision. Let's go. go. Yeah. But also (laughs) heading into that, then it's going to oppose Saturn's. Or it's going to oppose Uranus and square Saturn this fall. Right. So then it's like, let's go. Oh, my I, God. What have I huge, done? What yeah. have I done? This is a huge change. Like, yeah. Am I ready for this? Fuck. Right. It's like you buy the plane ticket and you're like, holy shit, I just bought a plane ticket <laughs> and I'm moving. Like, and, it, right? yeah, that's, and then you're yeah. getting on the plane and it's just like a nerve. It's just nerve wracking as shit. Yeah. I like this. Um, I feel good about this month now that we've discussed it like I, I feel agree. I feel more focused and I'm like all right I think I know what the universe is asking of right me. yeah still a little bit nervous about October 9th and 10th with that triple right. conjunction with the sun Mercury Mars but we'll see how that plays out and I'm interested to hear from the listeners what actually happens on that day with them right I agree and part of me thinks it's Libra how bad can it get 
you know? <laughs> how bad can it get in Libra, right? Right. right. Yeah, g- good point. The, how the su- how bad the can it get in Libra? And uh, Libra uh, is ruled by Venus, and Venus will be in Sagittarius by then. So it's like... And all three of those planets in the conjunction are debilitated in some way because Mercury's in retrograde, the sun is in its detriment, and mm-hmm. Mars is in its detriment. Yeah. So you make a good point. Maybe it's maybe we'll just <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's um yeah, it's very interesting. I'm I'm interested to see what happens on a ma- mundane level personally mm-hmm. because um with all of those outer planets and then. I mean, November, we're going to head into eclipse season, baby. Ooh. Ooh. Juicy. Juicy. Very juicy. Very juicy. Well, thank you so much. I think that we've covered all of our bases. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Cancer rising power. Cancer rising party. (laughs) We're just, you know, having a wonderful old nurturing time. Time. (laughs) So any, now that we're at the end of the episode... Where can people find you, Mel? Where can they find you? Tell us more about yourself. And do you have any good shameless plugs for everybody? Okay, let's see. Um, Shameless plug. I'm also a podcast host. Um, I'm the host of the Witch Church podcast, previously previously called Horoscope Witch. And Kate was actually on my podcast uh, maybe at the end of 2020, was it? Yeah, we talked about that. So definitely look into my podcast archives. We had this really great discussion about Pluto. So, so yeah, if you like um, me and Kate chatting with each other, uh, that episode is there, and hopefully Kate will be on an upcoming episode soon, which we'll we'll keep under the table for now. But um, <laughs> she's gonna be back on Witch Church podcast soon, and I mostly hang out on Instagram, so my handle is underscore Mallory Hasty, and then my website is just MalloryHasty.com. So all of my stuff is there. Mal's awesome. She's fantastic. Everybody should connect with her <laughs> and follow her. She's so great at building community. And how long have you been doing your podcast now, Mal? It's been a, like, you've got so many episodes. I, you just have a body of work that I think is so fantastic. And I love listening to all of your different podcasts. And you've got some really good guests on and coming up in the future that it's it's just a joy to listen to yeah how long have you been doing it i've been um i started in august of 2018 damn yeah so we've been we've been together for a while and um my my og listeners know this but i actually started my podcast from Malaysia um, because I after college I I was traveling and I taught English in Malaysia for a year so I was bored and I started recording a podcast on my phone and now we're here and I'm a professional astrologer and this is my business now so it was very aligned that's so sun and moon in the ninth house right right oh my god yep and the ruler of my ascendant is that moon in the ninth house so it makes sense yeah that's so cool (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Mel. Thanks for having me. I know. I can't wait to have you on for future episodes. Yes. We're going to have, it's going to be great while Jordan's out. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Jordan's um, sub for now. Yeah, we'll see. She, she's, she, we're, I'm very blessed to have such great, great astrologer friends. Chicago astrology. The Chicago astrology community. Chicago astrology community is dope. I I love us. We're awesome. Great. We're awesome. (laughs) 
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to your October forecast. Mal and I are sending you lots of love throughout the month. And if you have an extra second, we're astrologers and we love stars. So if you could just give us a quick, yes. a quick five stars, you know, we, we would be so grateful and so appreciative of that. Thank you for tuning in. And if anything's resonated, reach out to us on the gram and tell us what you thought, how you liked it. I want to know what's going on October 8th, 9th, and 10th for people. So yes, that's the tea we that's want. That's the tea we want. So keep us posted. And thank you so much for tuning in. All the links below are where you can find us. Take care, everybody. And see you later, guys. See you later. Happy Mer Mercury Retrograde.